3: listen to the radio it's different our lives are ruined already the whistler
0: Will self-destruct in five seconds
4: hello everyone i'm carl amari and this is hollywood 360 the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games movie reviews celebrity interviews showbiz news and classic radio shows my co-host is the vivacious lisa wolf and yes she's back In this hour, it's a mystery detective episode of The Shadow from 1941. But it's time now for Movie Jeopardy. Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from Popular Movies. I'll try to name the movie while you play along at home, right, Lisa? That's right, Carl.
5: And I am thrilled to be back. It's great to be here. And just, I don't
4: know if I'm thrilled. Yes, but you yeah, are. You know, I'm like I'm yes, happy. Yes, I'm you happy that you're back.
5: Yes, you are thrilled.
4: Thrilled is a h- higher level. So is much it? much higher level.
5: Oh, should I just go now or should I stay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a side note, yes. I want to wish you happy birthday. Let oh, all of our listeners know today. You. Happy birthday is your you. birthday, and 25. you're here. Five. What a lucky number. Twenty five yeah, is. I wish. <laughs> I, I wish, wish too. Oh my god. So gosh. happy birthday from all of us Thank here you. in Hollywood three sixty. We're gonna celebrate a little bit later, take some photos, and we'll post them on Facebook. Okay. All right. Uh this edition of Movie Jeopardy, a little bit out of my comfort zone. It will be sports related movies. Oh, okay. Okay? Yeah. So see how you
6: do. All right. All
5: right. This first uh movie goes back to two thousand eleven.
6: For forty one million. You built a playoff team. You lost Damon, Giambi, Isringhausen, Pena, and you won more games without them than you did with them. You won the exact same number of games that the Yankees won, but the Yankees spent 1.4 million per win, and you paid 260,000.
2: I know you're taking it in the teeth out there,
4: but the first guy through the wall, he always gets bloody. Um. Always. Is this Moneyball?
5: Yes, it is.
4: Wow, it is. Wow,
5: did you like that movie? Because
4: that neither one of those people there is Brad Pitt, I don't think. Um, I don't think either one is. Yeah, no. uh,
5: maybe not, but of course. So you
4: tried to trick me.
5: Uh, I wouldn't do that. No. I would never try to trick you Sure you, We've you got wouldn't. Brad Pitt and no. Jonah Hill. You just do
4: it anyway, whether you try it anyway. to or not. I mean,
5: it's just in my blood. I can't help it. Right. Of course, that's about the Oakland Athletics baseball team, 2002 mm-hmm. season. Moneyball. Moneyball. It's great movie. job. Really good movie. Fantastic. All right. Good start.
4: Okay. All right. I'm on th- the board. I
5: think you're going to like this next movie, 1989.
7: When the bank opens in the morning, they'll
3: foreclose. People will come, Ray. You're broke, Ray. You sell now
6: or you lose everything. The one constant through all the years, Ray,
4: has been baseball. Who has a deeper voice? James Earl Jones (laughs) or me? I I don't
5: know. Maybe you could try to lower it. Sounds
4: just like him. Man, he's got some pipes. Baseball. Baseball. (laughs) Baseball.
5: Let's yeah, try it again.
4: So, James Earl Jones or me? Who has deeper pipes?
5: I'm going to go with James Earl Jones, right. but I feel like you could work on it a little oh, bit. Yeah.
4: That's Field of Dreams.
5: It sure is. And did you know that it's based on a 1982 novel called Shoeless Joe?
4: Yeah, actually.
5: Did you know that? I,
4: I know you're not going to believe me, but yes, I did know that. It's okay. Shoeless Joe Jackson, who yes. was a baseball player. That's yeah.
5: exactly right. So, all right. Uh, Ray
4: Liotta plays right. uh, Shoeless Joe in the That's movie. That's
5: exactly right. Mm-hmm. Good job. Eh. Not bad. Yeah, it's my all birthday. Right. <laughs> That's true. This should be a Carl show all the way. Right. And we started with sports-related movies. So, so far, so great. Uh-huh. Next one, 2017. Well, my skating
2: career is over, and I have... No savings, and I ended up a waitress just like my mom. But on the plus side, I'm unskilled, so. <laughs> mm.
4: uh-huh.
5: The Olympic Committee announced today that the next Olympics are going to be in two years instead of four.
4: All right. All right. Uh I actually know this movie. I know you do. You know and this was <laughs> this was one of the best movies of the year. I think it was nominated actually too.
5: It was. That's
4: I, Tanya.
5: That is right. And I knew that you knew that movie. love this movie. Because you're the one that told me to watch it, and I did. Did you like and it? And I really did oh, like so it. Oh, so good. Um, of course, uh, that was Margot Robbie. Margot
4: Robbie. And
5: uh, she also produced the movie. Yeah. And um, at the 90th Academy Awards, Alice and Janney, which is Tanya's mom, she's crazy. won for Best Supporting Actress, yeah. and the film earned uh, nominations for... Best actress for Robbie and as well. Sebastian
4: Stan plays her boyfriend in this movie, mm-hmm. and he—he he is just so one of the most up and coming. He played Tommy Lee, yes, in the Pamela exactly. and Tommy oh, thing.
5: I, yeah, I was a all great, about it.
4: Just incredible actor. Of course, Margot Robbie's incredible.
5: I mean, he too. was a terrible character in yeah. that show, but he he's, was a wonderful actor. He's a
4: great actor.
5: Yeah, so good. All right, um, and of course, that was about Tanya Harding.
3: And sure,
4: uh,
5: yeah, wow, what a movie, Carl. yeah. All right, we're going to change gears here. 1980 sports comedy.
3: I like you, Betty. That's
4: Danny, sir.
1: Danny, I'm going to give you a little advice. There's a force in the universe that makes things happen. And all you have to do is get in touch with it. (laughs) Stop thinking. (laughs) Let things happen. And be the ball.
4: Be the ball.
5: Be the ball. That's right.
4: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. One of the greatest, one of the funniest movies ever made. I agree. In fact, we have some clips. We use clips in our opening from this movie. Uh, Carl, it's awful. It's just absolutely awful. Well, that's a lot right. Of things on credit, you know. Tr- that's right. Credit. I tr- forgot about that. I mean, yeah. So this is Caddyshack.
5: But you didn't do a very good impersonation, <laughs> but I'll give it to you. That is absolutely right. Directed by...
4: I think that was, um, gosh, the guy you interviewed. That's right. What was his name? Harold Ramis. Yes, Harold Ramis. That's
5: exactly right. And starring Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Bill, Bill Murray, Murray, Ted Knight. Ted Knight. Um, and this was, Caddyshack Kadish- uh, was Harold Ramis' directorial debut. Wow, what a great movie. So what a great movie. All right. Four All right. out of four so far. Yes, and you're going to know the next one, too. You know why? Why? Because it's your birthday. Let's hear hey, it. Angleburg. What?
0: It's chocolate all over this ball.
5: Look, Mr. Buttermaker, quit bugging me about my food. People are always bugging me about it. My shrink says that's why I'm
0: so fat. So you're not doing me <laughs> any good, so just quit it. Okay, okay.
4: Okay. Okay. Oh. Uh, that was, uh, who was I that in the seen, clip? Well, that's Walter Matthau. Exactly. I haven't seen this movie in a long, long Nor time. Nor have I, but, but what a movie. Great movie. That's Bad News Bears. That's
5: exactly right. So there were two sequels to that. Yeah. There was the Bad News Bears in Breaking Training in 77, the year after, and the Bad News Bears Go to Japan in 78. Mm-hmm. I didn't see either of those. No. And then there was a 1979 to 80 CBS television series mm-hmm. and then a 2005 remake. But I just don't think anything can, can live up to right. the... To the the original. original. Yeah. So that is it. You got all what? the sports related I got movies all right. You did. And I think this is going to be all about you tonight. My
4: goodness. So let's,
5: it's a Go Carl. See, I'm on your side tonight. I want to eat cake. I've got that for Lisa you. Lisa <laughs> brought
4: an ice cream cake. I can't wait.
5: I sure did. <laughs> and we're
4: going to start things off with one of the greatest radio shows of all time The Shadow. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these
0: important messages.
5: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310.
4: Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity
5: and call now. 800-494-8310.
4: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. We've been getting a lot of nice emails and texts and uh, Facebook posts and things saying that people really love the new Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. Carl Shadow writes it. Mike Costella produces it. It's a lot of fun. We take a unique classic radio show, break it all down, play it, of course, and give you a lot of history. Right, Lisa?
5: Right. I'm glad I had this great idea of something that we can do (laughs) as a team. And we really do work together on this. And we put a lot of time. And, of course, Carl puts a lot of research into it. And it's all Carl. Shadow. Yeah. um, And me and Mike, of course. And you kind of show up every so often. Yeah. But what we do is choose these great radio shows, and they're great for a particular reason that makes them really unique. Either they have a star in them, or there was a fill in that week, or there's some errors, something that makes it really unique and something you wouldn't hear anywhere else. So we hope that you'll want to give a radio rarities a shot.
4: Yeah. Here's how you can listen to it subscribe to our Hollywood 360 podcast because we tack it onto the end of the Hollywood 360 podcast which comes to you each and every week to your email, or join the Classic Radio Club. So those are the two ways you can get the Radio Rarities podcast. Go to hollywood360radio.com to subscribe to our podcast or go to classicradioclub.com to uh, become a member, and then you get it all as part of that. We'll talk a little bit more about it uh, a little later in the show, but right now it's time for The Shadow, Lisa. Oh, man, this is such a great series, one of the best remembered from the golden age of radio. Of course, Orson Welles played Lamont Cranston, alias The Shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Well, The Shadow knows. This is a 1941 broadcast with Bill Johnstone as uh, Lamont Cranston, alias The Shadow. April 6th, to be exact. This is called Murder from the Grave. Here's part one of The Shadow.
1: Adventures of the Shadow are on the air, brought to you each week by the Blue Coal Dealers of America. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The Shadow, mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. As the Shadow... Cranston is gifted with hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, one of the shadow's most thrilling adventures, Murder from the Grave.
3: That's
2: him there, walking towards the corner, yeah. Pulling closer to the curb. Okay, okay. Wait till we're right beside him, see? Yeah, I know. All right, let him have it. Right over here, Doc.
0: All right. Well, here he is, what there is left of him. Yeah. They did a pretty complete job, officer. Yeah, he must have stopped every slug they threw at him. He's still breathing, though, and I don't know why. Well, uh, we better get him to the hospital at once. Here, give me a hand with him, will you? Okay, but it
3: looks to me like a waste of time. Well,
0: what's the story, Doc? DOA officer, dead on arrival. Yeah, I figured that. Well, better make any part. You want to send him to the city morgue or hold him here at the hospital? I'll check headquarters and find out. Yes. Gangster, isn't he? Might say so. Do you recognize him at all? Now, how can I answer that? The guy ain't got hardly no face left, has he?
6: Good evening, Dr. Henry.
0: Oh, hello, Dr. Metzger. What brings you down here to the receiving room? Uh, Just keeping in touch with the activities of the hospital. Well, what have you there? A gang shooting, doctor. He seems to be well perforated. Yes, especially the face. it has been just about shot away.
6: Yes, so I
0: see. He died on the way to the hospital. So... Uh, mind if I have a look at him? No, Doctor. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to use your phone, Doc. I'll be right
6: back. All right, Officer. Dr. Henry. Yes? Did I understand you to say that you have pronounced this man dead? Why, why, yes, Doctor. I'm afraid you were mistaken. What? This man is still alive. Well, Dr. Metzger, I couldn't feel any pulse, yeah, no heartbeat. he is alive. Ring for the elevator at once. But, oh, Doctor, well, I as tell I, I say, you. this man is to be brought to my laboratory. Hurry, Doctor, there's no time to lose. Dr. Henry speaking. Hello, this is Dr. Metzger. Oh, yes, doctor. That patient, the man who was brought to my laboratory, is alive and can be saved.
0: Why, why, that's unbelievable, doctor. Nevertheless,
6: it is true. But
0: what about his face? His face has been shot away, doctor. I
6: intend to give him a new face. Now, listen to me, Dr. Henry. I want a general order given to all in the hospital that I am not to be disturbed for the next six weeks.
0: Uh, Yes, sir. All of
6: my meals and any surgical instruments or supplies that I might need are to be left outside of my door for that period, you understand?
0: Uh, yes, Dr. Metzger. I'd... If these
6: orders are carried out, I can tell you now, Henry, that in six weeks' time, I will bring forth a man who is whole again.
0: Doggone it, Jack. I just can't help it. Old man, curiosity is getting the better of me. And you've got to find out what goes on in Metzger's laboratory, is that it? Yes. <laughs> He's been in there almost six weeks now, Jack. Imagine almost six weeks without telling anyone how his experiment is progressing. Say, does anyone even know if the patient is still alive? Yes, we do know that much. Metzger sent word to that effect to Doc Hawkins yesterday. (laughs) Look, Sherlock, how do you plan to get into the laboratory? Well, when Metzger opens the door for this tray of food, Uh I'll just walk in with him, that's all. Good luck. Yes, I'll need it. Uh, Knock on the door for me, will you? Sure.
6: Hmm? Who is there?
0: Your food tray, Dr.
6: Metzger. Oh, thank you. Uh, Where do you want me to put... Uh, One moment. Uh, You believe the tray with me, Dr. Henry. I was just going to You were just going to try to gain entrance to my laboratory. (laughs) I'm aware of your intense curiosity, Henry. A curiosity that is shared by everyone else in this hospital. Ah, well. You can tell them all for me that my experiment is nearing completion. Very well, Doctor. If they wish, if they wish, they may come here to my laboratory tomorrow at noon. (laughs) And I shall reveal to them my finished product.
0: I don't know what we're waiting for uh, right? uh, Dr. Dr. Metzger
6: I... asked us all to
0: be here at noon today It's now quarter after I for one see no reason for waiting around any longer You're right, Henry Well, what'll we do? Well, we'll let him know we're here Dr. Metzger Dr. Metzger
2: Why doesn't he answer? Well, there's
0: only one way to find that out And that's by trying to get in the Door isn't locked I'll go look for him Uh, Dr. Metzger. Dr. Metzger?
2: He must be in there. He's not out here. Lord, come here, all of you. What is it? Look. Look,
0: Look, there on the floor. Oh, holy. It's Metzger. He's dead. Yes. And it looks like murder. His face has been slashed. Look, here on the floor. A broken mirror.
2: Where's the patient? The man he was working on? There
0: was no one else in this room when I came in.
2: Well, Then he's gone.
0: Yes. But not before he murdered Dr. Metzger. Oh.
3: And since that time, Lamont, the police have learned nothing. Well, that's understandable, Dr. Hawkins. They really have nothing to work on.
8: You have no idea what this Mr. X looks like, have you, Dr. Hawkins?
3: No, we haven't, Margot. Dr. Metzger did a plastic job on his face, changed it completely. That's all we know. Well, it's been 24 hours since the killing. The man has had ample time to get away and cover up his tracks. Yes.
8: I don't see how Lamont can do any more than the police have done, Doctor.
3: Uh, I didn't ask Lamont to come here for that purpose, Margot. Oh, no? No, I... Well, I discovered something in Dr. Metzger's laboratory that I haven't even told the police about. Why not? Because it's something too fantastic for them to believe.
8: What is it, doctor?
3: Metzger's personal notebook, in which he recorded the progress of his experiment.
7: I have it right here.
3: What does this notebook contain?
7: Well, the first entry was written the night the patient arrived in the hospital. Dr. Metzger wrote in the notebook at that time...
6: Tonight, I have at last been given the opportunity... ...that I have been so patiently waiting for. The perfect subject for my experiment... ...is at this very moment lying on a table before me. I have given him the first injection of the solution. The reaction was
3: most successful. Now the real work begins. What does all that mean, Dr. Hawkins?
7: You'll learn later, Lamont.
3: Just as I learned as I read further
7: into the notes. The next entry of any importance came a week later...
3: At that time, the doctor wrote... Everything is progressing satisfactorily.
6: Today, the patient has sufficient strength for me to begin the plastic work. I have found that best results can be obtained by giving injections of the solution every 24 hours. This is most important. Any period of time beyond this is
8: dangerous. What is the solution that he keeps talking about?
3: I'm coming to that, Margot. I'll skip over the entries that follow. They
7: deal mainly with a growing conflict between the patient and Metzger.
8: A note of regret
3: creeps into his writing. You sense that he's almost sorry for the work that he's done.
7: Eventually, this conflict flames to open hatred. And in the last entry, written the night before he died, Dr. Metzger wrote...
3: May heaven
6: have mercy on me for ever conceiving this work that I have done. The patient has now reverted to the vicious being that he has always been. Instead of having gratitude for what I have done, he shows only resentment. Tomorrow morning, I shall remove the bandages that cover his face. He has threatened me that if he is not pleased with my work, dire consequences will result. This, then, is the fruit of my labor. This is the price I pay for my great discovery. My discovery of a solution that literally brought a dead man back to life again. A solution
3: with which... So that's it. That was the secret solution. Yes.
8: But that's unbelievable, Dr. Hawkins. A solution that brings the dead back to life.
3: Metzger was a great scientist. Nothing was impossible to him. Well, where is this solution now? I couldn't find it. I've searched everywhere in the laboratory. Then it's evident that the patient, knowing about it, took it with him. I'm afraid so. Well, I'd say you had good cause for alarm, Doctor. This killer who is now at large is a man returned from the dead. A man without a soul.
7: Yes, that's true. But uh, tell me, Lamont, have you gotten any clues from what you've just learned?
3: Only one. The broken mirror that was found near the doctor's body. Obviously, this mirror must have been shattered by the missing man. Why do you say that? He must have broken it in range when he first saw his new face. Metzger must have made him sufficiently horrible to bring on this range. So we have only one clue to work on. A man with an incredibly ugly face.
7: Dr.
2: Hawkins! Dr. Hawkins! What is it? What is it? Come in. Dr. Hawkins, something terrible has happened. What's wrong? In the morgue. The hospital morgue, just a few minutes ago. Yes? What happened? A man with a gun came in. Forced me to take one of the bodies. A dead body out to a car. What? I... I had to obey. Why, didn't you call out for help? I... I was about to until I saw his face. His face, Dr. Hawkins. It was the most frightening thing I've ever seen. It wasn't human.
3: Doctor, I'd say our killer has made his first move. And I fear that it won't be his last.
4: That is definitely a Hammond organ there, Lisa. Well, what if you? you say
5: so, I can't I'm argue with you, you because it's your birthday. It
4: is. It's a Hammond <laughs> organ. And uh, and you know who was on the organ? The organist. Elise Thompson. <laughs> I'm looking at the notes here. Okay. Um, that is uh, the first portion of the Shadow broadcast called Murder from the Grave, sponsored by Blue Coal, America's finest anthracite. Uh, mutual broadcast starring... Bill Johnstone. And uh, you know who plays Margot Lane? Marjorie Anderson. I had the great pleasure of interviewing her. I'll have to play that for you one of these days. Stick around. We'll be right back. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back to the show. This is Hollywood 360. Across uh, more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. Plus, we're heard all over the globe in 168 countries on American Forces Radio's number one channel, The Voice. Speaking to millions of people around the globe, playing all your favorite classic radio shows. It's an honor. And uh, we do this every week, except for Lisa when she t- decides to take off, which is pretty often, actually. Right,
5: but it's your lucky day then, because then I'm not here, and you did- <laughs> said you didn't miss me that much. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't say I didn't miss you. Well, you said not to that level.
4: My crazy crabby brother Vince was here last week. He did a very nice job. He d- he does a really good job pinch hitting for you, Lisa. Well,
5: good then. I know I have a, a competent fill-in. Yeah, but you know, I, I gotta
4: <laughs> say, there's nobody like you, though. I well, mean, really I- I- and truly. That's for sure. <laughs> You are. You're really amazing. Um, and um, wow, Carl, I give thank you like 21 percent of the credit of the show.
5: Um, Mike
4: gets 21 and then okay. I'll take 58 uh, percent. Is that right? <laughs> yes, it is. Is that about right?
5: <laughs> it is right. I think
4: it's something like that.
5: Um, uh, OK, well, <laughs> and, you, and in your own mind, you can take anything you want. Right, right. <laughs> of course. Plus,
4: it's my birthday. You can't argue I, with I, me.
5: Not today. Next week, we'll argue today. You're always Right.
4: Wow, 59 years old 59, today. 59. Carl. Well,
5: enjoy it.
4: Next year, big 6 oh, Yeah,
5: we'll have to. I want more really than a cake celebrate.
4: next year. Oh, I, I got want, you more uh, than a cake. That's true. Uh, Lisa did get me uh really cool. What's the brand?
5: OnCloud. Oh,
4: OnCloud. Yeah, gym shoes. I've been working yeah. out with them. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're
5: really cool. Thank you so
4: much, Lisa. so welcome. Really appreciate that. Uh, I haven't gotten a present from Mike yet, but he says it's, it's on my counter. It's coming. He'll probably coming. give
5: it to you around Christmas.
4: Yeah, all right. So anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're listening to The Shadow. Oh, man, one of the best radio shows of all time. And uh, Bill Johnstone was The Shadow for a few years then. Brett Morrison came in, and he carried the role for, like, I don't know, 15 years or something. He he was uh, the shadow the longest. But um, Orson Welles was the very first Lamont Cranston alias The Shadow, started playing The Shadow in 1937. And then, you know, what happened, he had another show on another network, because the, the Shadow was on Mutual, and he had a show called The Mercury Theater on the Air. That was on the CBS radio network, and it was a full-hour show on Sunday nights. Or was it Monday nights? You know, I think it was Sunday nights. And um, he did The War of the Worlds on October 30th, the day before Halloween, 1938. And it just blew his career up. I mean, he became like this famous guy, and then he was like, The Shadow, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't have to do this show anymore. I'm going to go to Hollywood. I'm going to make Citizen Kane which uh, experts say today may be the greatest movie ever made. So he, uh, he was like, heck with this. But you know what? He loved doing radio. He, even, he would come back and do radio a lot in between his movie, um, you know, his movie projects. So uh, anyway, we'll listen to an Orson Welles shadow uh, one of these days soon. But right now, let's get back to Murder from the Grave on the Shadow. Now, act two of Murder from the grave.
3: All right. Put the slip in the car. Uh, Yes, sir. We're getting to be regular customers, ain't we? Uh, Why do you do this? Why do you want these bodies? You'll find out. Everybody will find out very soon. This ain't our last visit to you, Mr. Moorkeeper. You'll be seeing us again. No, no, you'll get me into trouble. Shut up. All right, Eddie, step on the gas. Let's get out of here.
2: Extra, extra, another gangster's bunny kidnapped
7: from the morgue
0: here. Uh, that particular pendant will cost you $2,000. Oh, I there see. There
3: we are. Well, this is a sticker. Oh. Uh, what do you want with no. us? Can't get away with this. No. Just watch us. Grab them rings, Eddie. Hi. Right. Phil, take that tray of bracelets. Okay. Uh, that's all we need here. Wait a minute, boys. Before we blow, we ought to let the folks have a look at us. For purposes of identification. Take off your mask, boys.
2: Oh, no, they're not you. Oh, how horrible.
3: We ain't very pretty, are we? Well, nobody is. Once they've been dead. Look. Only three guards for a payroll over a hundred grand. Cut them off, Eddie. Squeeze them into the curb. Right. Good work. Come on, boys. What do you guys think you're trying to do? You'll find out soon enough, Buster. You men stand where you are. We've got a tummy gun here. Go ahead and use it, brother. Go ahead. All right. You ask for it.
2: Look! Look! The bullets don't have any effect
3: on them. They're still coming through the, the armored car. <laughs> don't you know better than to shoot at a mob that's already been dead? <laughs> Let them have it, boys. Margot, the entire city has been terrorized by this mob of, well, ghouls. That's all you can call them.
8: Lamont, do you honestly believe that this gang consists of the dead men who were kidnapped from the different morgues?
3: Yes, Margo. There's no I... doubt of it. They've been sustained by Dr. Metzger's life-giving solution. Oh, how horrible. And so far, no one has been able to learn just where this gang is hiding out.
8: Oh, well, What can be done, Lamont?
3: Well, one of the mob was captured by the police this afternoon. They've got him in the city jail.
8: Did he reveal anything?
3: No, he refused to talk that is, to the police. But I have an idea that I might be able to get something from him.
8: I think I know what you mean, Lamont.
3: I think you do. I'm paying a little visit to his cell as the shadow.
2: Why don't they come for me? Then all the cops have got me. Why don't they come? (laughs) What was that?
3: So... Your friends have deserted you, eh?
2: Who's talking to me? I must be getting stir-crazy.
3: I don't see nobody. You're not stir-crazy. I've merely made myself invisible to you.
2: You made yourself invisible? Oh, I get it. The shadow's paying me a visit.
3: That's quite correct.
2: What are you doing here?
3: I've come to talk to you, to learn something about you and your companions.
2: Save your talk. I ain't saying nothing.
3: I know the horrible secret that you and your gang possess. The power that you have to bring life to the bodies of those already dead.
2: How'd you learn? (laughs) Where'd you ever dream up an idea like that?
3: I followed the activities of your leader from the day he killed Dr. Metzger and stole the life-giving solution.
2: I don't know what you're talking about.
3: Yes, you do. You're being foolish enough to remain loyal to your mob after they've deserted you.
2: That ain't true. Then
3: why haven't they tried to get you out of this jail? Certainly they must know that you'll soon need another injection of the serum.
2: What? What are you talking about?
3: I learned from Dr. Metzger's own journal that the life-giving solution must be injected every 24 hours. To go beyond this period without it means a return to the dead.
2: no. No, you're just trying to scare me.
3: How long has it been since you received your last treatment?
2: Yesterday. Just about this time.
3: Then its effect should be wearing off right now. We must act quickly. Tell me where the hideout is. And after dealing with your friends, I promise to bring back enough of the serum to keep you alive.
2: Uh, Are you sure? You ain't handing me no line?
3: I swear it. Now, tell me the secret hiding place and just how many men there are.
2: Okay. Okay. About the men... The boss has only two henchmen left now, Phil and Marty. It's been getting harder to make snatches from the morgue, and besides, the boss don't want to waste the serum on us dead ones anyway. Only two days ago, he let one of the boys go back to the grave without a shot from the hypo. And believe me, Shadow, his face wasn't pretty to see.
3: Quickly now, where's the hideout? <laughs>
2: hideout. Well, it. Hey, hey, what's happening to me? I got, got a funny feeling in my head.
3: Quickly, man, quickly.
2: Like buzzing.
3: Right, tell me where the hideout is.
2: It's... It, I,
3: I... How much better for them to have left you untouched after death had claimed you the first time. Margot, we're certain of one thing.
8: What's that, LaVante?
3: That our Mr. X, having built up his mob from the remains of notorious gangsters, is now finding it difficult to get bodies of gangsters who, before they died, knew their trade. Correct. Also, he's obviously running low on Dr. Metzger's solution. He's letting his lesser helpers die without giving them injections.
8: Correct again.
3: Well, then, here's my plan. I'm going to ask Commissioner Weston to plant a story in all the newspapers that our notorious out-of-town gang leader, Dutch Carson, has just been killed by the police.
8: Who's Dutch Carson, Lamont?
3: A Middle Western mobster who dropped out of sight about a year ago.
8: Well, why are you doing all this?
3: To attract the attention of Mr. X. Then I shall arrange with the commissioner to be taken to the city morgue and be placed on a slab as the body of the dead Dutch Carson. And unless I'm badly mistaken, Margot, within 24 hours, the three missing ghouls we will be back in their graves, and this time, for good.
6: You ready to stretch out on the slab, Mr. Cranston?
3: All right, Tom. <laughs> you know, you're the first live stiff I ever had in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I remain that way. Yeah. And will you cover me over with a sheet, please? Yeah, sure. Sir.
6: Hey, what's going to happen when these fellas find out you ain't a dead one, much less the missing
3: Dutch Carson? <laughs> well, not Tom. Um, huh? That's something I'd rather worry about when it happens, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, I'm here to tell you, I wouldn't touch your job. <laughs> Quiet. Huh? I hear footsteps outside the door. Yeah, there, there, yeah, somebody's there. there. Who are you? Take a look at me, Pop. That ought to answer your question. You, uh, you come again, uh? Yeah, I told you I'd be paying you another visit. Well, what do you want? I want the body of Dutch Carson. I got a little job he's going to do for me. Mm -hmm. Phil. Huh? Makes up a shot of the solution. Hey, it ain't time yet, boss. We don't need none for another hour. It ain't for us, stupid. It's for a new guy I just snatched out of the morgue. I got him in the next room. Yeah, but we're running low on his stuff. Mix it up, I said. We can use this guy. He's valuable. Huh? Who is he? Dutch Carson. Dutch? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know him, but I heard of him. He's... uh... Well, I don't know him either. But he was supposed to be one of the smarter boys in the Middle West until he disappeared about a year ago. What happened to him? I don't know, but what's important now is that we've got his buddy in the next room. Hey, what's that? What's going on out there? Come on, get inside, you! Hey, why'd you bring that dame in here, Marty? Well, I
2: caught her snooping around outside trying to look in a window. <laughs> Maybe she was trying to cop a quick look
3: at a couple of dead men, eh, boss? Interesting. What's the idea, girlie?
8: Well, it was just... A... Oh, your face.
3: Find something wrong with it?
8: You're the one. You're the one that killed Dr. Metzger.
3: Oh, so interesting. Where'd you get your information? Let me out of here. Not a chance. Now sit down like a lady like this.
8: You can't push me around like that. Oh, no?
3: well, I'm giving you a pretty good imitation, ain't I? Now, what were you doing outside? Who sent you here?
8: Oh, you're so clever. Why don't you find out? Who sent you here? Answer me. Oh, oh stop it. you hurting my... answer oh. me. Lamont. Yeah, Lamont. Now, that won't do you no
3: goodness, sister.
8: Lamont. Where is he? What have you done with him?
3: I asked you a question. Wait a minute. Done with who? Who are you talking about?
8: You brought him here. What have you done with him?
3: Hey, she must mean the stiff inside. Now, what is this? Who'd you bring here, boss? The body at Dutch Carson. Why?
1: Dutch Carson?
3: Yeah, I snatched him from the morgue. You heard of him, Marty? Heard of him? Are you kidding? A year ago, I buried Dutch
2: Carson a load of concrete at the bottom of a river.
3: I see. Then who did you bring here, boss? I don't know. Hold on to this dame. I'm soon going to find out. He's gone. The body is gone. It's a trap. The cops are behind this. One thing is sure, the guy is still in the house. Marty, go out and look around the grounds. Okay, boss.
8: And now, if you don't mind... But
3: I do mind. You're staying right here. No,
8: keep away from Give me. Give me that knife, Phil. No, no. Sadly,
3: <laughs> boss. Here you are. What
8: are you going to do? I'm
3: going to carve that pretty face of yours to ribbons. No,
8: don't. No, don't. Keep away. Get
3: ready, sister.
2: <laughs>
3: who laughed Not quite so fast, Mr. X. Hey, hey, what's what, happening? What the... You're not touching that girl. Hey, who done that? Who knocked that knife out of my hand? I did, Mr. X. Who's speaking? Where's that voice coming from? It's coming from the shadow. Sh- the shadow, eh? Well, now, Shadow, this is one time you've stubbed your toe. Because even you can't do anything to dead men. You're wrong, Mr. X, because I know that you need an injection of Dr. Mechsker's solution every 24 hours in order to continue living. Yeah, and we aim to continue getting it. I wouldn't be too sure of that. What do you mean by that, boss? I mean that I now possess the solution. You see?
0: Look. Look, the bottle hanging there in midair. He's got the solution.
3: Give me that bottle, Shadow. Oh, no. This is my hold on you, gentlemen. And I shall keep it until your allotted time expires I shall watch you return to the dead again Get it away from him, boss, quick I'll get it, all right We may not be able to see you, Shadow But we can see the bottle Boss, put that gun away, that ain't the way to do it Oh, no
2: Oh! (laughs) Now you've done it
3: you hit the wrong target, Mr. X. Oh, you
2: broke it, boss. You broke the bottle. It spilled all over the floor.
3: I didn't mean to hit the bottle. I wanted to plug him. The cops, the cops, the cops. You'd better give up, Mr. X. Oh, no, we ain't giving up. We still got another hour to live, Shadow. And a lot can be done in that time. We're going to rip this town wide open just for luck. Wait. You're staying here. Yeah, try and stop us. Margo, they've got an hour to spread the greatest terror this city has ever seen. I've got to stop them. We ain't got much time, boss. Looking back, Marty's gone already. Yeah, I know, Phil. Gee. Will we look as bad as that when we return to the dead? We'll never know. Huh? Besides, right now we got a little fun ahead of us. Now, when we get to town, shoot and keep shooting at anybody who gets in our way. They're gonna remember us when we get done, Phil. Okay, boss. Hey, hey, watch your driving. This is a narrow bridge. You know, something's pulling the wheel. I what? I I I,
2: I can't straighten well, it out. <laughs> I...
3: You'll never straighten it out, Mister X. Shatter. How did he get here? I've been with you since you left your hideout, gentlemen. Here, let go of the weird shadow. So that you can carry on your campaign of ruthless killing? Oh, no. Hey,
0: he's trying to steer us into the river. Where
3: is he? Hey, he must be on the running board. Hey, let
2: go shadow. Don't be a fool, shadow. If we drown, you'll
3: drown too. That's not as important as the lives of the innocent people you're planning to kill. Hey, Phil. Phil, I can't hold the wheel much longer. Stop the car. Start. Stop the car. Ta- too late. It's too late. Too late. <laughs>
8: might have been drowned, along with your ghostly friends.
3: I certainly might have been, Margot. But fortunately, I threw myself clear of the car before it went over the bridge.
8: You know, Lamont, I've become very attached to you. Oh, don't think for a minute that all our mad exploits together haven't been fun. But I wish that for a while at least we could have a calm, peaceful existence.
3: And we shall have, Margot. We shall have. Mm Mm-hmm.
8: Well, nonetheless, I'm sure you'll forgive me if I Hang on to my hat when we start out again next week.
1: (laughs) In just a moment, the shadow will tell you how a real-life criminal met his doom. But first, here's John Barclay, America's home
7: heating expert. Mr. Barclay. Thank you, Ken Roberts, and good evening, friends. Well, now's the time to think about spring cleaning. And when you're cleaning the floors and woodwork, don't forget your heating plant needs cleaning, too. Take advantage of the John Barkley Blue Seal Summer Furnace Conditioning Service offered by the Blue Coal Dealers of America. This service is an exclusive Blue Coal Dealer feature. It's an all-out, all-over electric vacuum cleaning and inspection that gives you ten jobs for the price of one. Here's what you get. First... All soot and dirt is completely removed from the inside of your furnace. Then, all leaks around the joints and doors are sealed. Gauges are checked and cleaned, dampers inspected and adjusted, and boilers drained and refilled if necessary. In short, all vital parts are checked and rechecked and put in tip-top working order. Plan now to have a John Barclay Blue Seal summer conditioning job done on your furnace this summer. A clean furnace will cut your heating costs... And you'll enjoy quick, comfortable heat all next winter. For further details, just phone your neighborhood blue coal dealer tomorrow. I thank you.
1: Today's program is based on a story copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. Characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. But now, fresh from the records of the New York General Sessions Court, we bring you conclusive proof that crime does not pay. New York City, December 13, 1940. Stephen Fleming passes bad check in business deal. Crime, grand larceny in the second degree.
3: New York City, April 1st, 1941. Stephen Fleming sentenced to serve 15 years to life in state's prison. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow
1: knows. (laughs) Next week, same time, same station, the Blue Coal Dealers of America bring you an adventure in which the shadow risks life and limb in a daring battle against the forces of evil. So be sure to listen, and be sure to phone your friendly Blue Coal Dealer for greater heating comfort at less cost. This is Ken Roberts saying... Keep the home fires burning with blue coal,
4: I think um, in my previous life, I was either the Shadow or Boston Blackie
5: um but you don't know which one I'm not
4: sure um I not I just have some this affinity for both of those shows, so I think like. It's. I'm remembering, you know, being the shadow way back then. You know, in the 1940s. Do you um, actually
5: believe that? Because there, I can still you had the, a past life, or is yeah. this just and uh, I can
4: do. I can still do the laugh. You know, the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs>
5: yeah, you sound exactly like him. <laughs>
4: It was great, <laughs> don't I? Uh-huh. And so I think I might have been. I think you this were guy. for sure. Yeah, and then you definitely. know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the <laughs> that's the shadow. I'm glad you think so. Definitely. Uh, that's the shadow. April 6, forty one. Murder from the Grave. That's a good title. You and know? I
5: already told you, it's your birthday, so I'm not arguing oh, with good. you. Oh, <laughs> good. Thank you. I can say
4: anything I want, and you'll agree. <laughs> and I'm going
5: to agree. Uh, aren't
4: I handsome?
5: Yes, you are. Thank you. You are the birthday handsome boy. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> Blue Coal
4: was the sponsor. Uh, great broadcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Time for this month in music history. And I
5: had to choose your favorite decade, which is? 1970s? Yes, sir. And um, I'm going back to 1971 with this song. Love her Madly. Yep. Too bad this is the not doors. named that tune. <laughs> the
4: Door. That's
5: right. And this is from the album L.A. Woman, their final album with Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. And this song peaked at number 11 on the Billboard wow. chart in 1971. But still a classic today.
4: Mm hmm. I love this song. Don't you love her as she's walking out the door? I
5: picked all songs that you love because it's your birthday.
4: Like she's dead a hundred times before. Right? Right. Don't you love her ways? Uh, Who sings better? You do. (laughs) Good answer, Lisa. Good answer. Out out the door. All right, more of Hollywood 360 after this short break.
0: your love. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages,
4: and now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next hour, it's Life with Luigi. Plus, we'll play Beat the Host. Right, Lisa? That's
5: right. We're going to need a caller to talk about Madonna. She was born August 16th of 1958, so she is 64 years old. And we're looking for caller number 12. So you can give us a call at 312-642-5600. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia?